Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue. My name is David Rudy. I'm the pastor of Doxa Church. This is a podcast about living life on mission for the glory of God. It's been a while since we have been back for a regular episode. I hope you had a great Christmas season and a happy new year. Already January 19th as of recording, and we are just excited about the next season. We have a lot of new topics coming your way, and today's topic is going to be on gender. Why does gender matter and why is it under attack? And to talk about that, I have two familiar voices returning, Miss Becca Sen. Hello, everyone. Good to be back. And Mr. Steve Moss. Hey, everyone. Happy 2021. Yes. We made it through 2020. Yes. Here we are. New year. Everything is, is still out there <laughs> still a little crazy but we're making it so yes far. yes it, it has been quite quite the start of 2021 um but we're here to talk about some biblical truth and talk about how you as a christian can navigate these uncertain times uh we say uncertain we don't really know what's going to happen but at the same time we do have a degree of certainty because we know how the story will end isn't that absolutely. right absolutely yeah. We are on the winning side. Amen. Spoiler Amen. alert, right? <laughs> and I think, Steve, I think you have some good news to share with us. You had a little time off, and you have some... Yeah, some I've, been, I've been on vacation or leave for 21 days, so yeah, I've had a good break. That's Actually, great. tomorrow's my first day back, but even more exciting than that. Um, my first grandson was born, uh, so my second daughter gave birth. Two days ago, so, so yeah, so well, not two days ago, a few days ago. I've lost, <laughs> track, blur, I lost track right? of time because we awake at night, you know, the time zone is seven hours different. So, wow, wow. it's been awesome! Oh, so sweet, that's, that's really wonderful. exciting, Steve. That's so good. So, here we are, we're doing a podcast on gender, and maybe you've You've been sleeping under a rock for a little while, and, and you're like, gender, why Why would we have to take a whole podcast and dedicate it to the topic of gender? Is that really necessary? And I was just, as I was thinking about this, I was like, you know, I bet you 20 years ago, Christians would have said the exact same thing about an issue like homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Do Christians really need to dedicate all this time talking about this? We know it's wrong, and we'll just brush it off and, and move mm-hmm. on our merry way. Um, when Christians don't, take a biblical stand and analyze things and talk through it, uh, the world relentlessly attacks and and hounds the other direction, and Mm -hmm. we're left with a very muddy situation like we have in our country today uh, and around the world, really, with Christians and their lack of discernment on important topics. So why does gender matter? Why is it under attack? And we all have a little different emphasis today. Uh, I'm going to primarily answer that question, why is it under attack? I think Becca's got some, some very practical applications and some good insight. And then Steve is is going to finish this up today with, you basically wrote uh, a little mini Bible study on, on from, really from all of the all the scriptural truth that we can see about, about gender. And I'm really excited about you capping this off today, Steve. So without any further ado, let's just get right into it. Dive in. representatives with their 
resolution to ban gendered terms like mother and father being used in the House of Representatives. And I heard this and I, I thought, surely it couldn't really be that cut and dry, could it? So I went and did a little research on this. And sure enough, uh, the code of conduct, it was proposed last week and it had these sweeping rule changes to promote diversity and inclusion. And it was, it was passed by the House of Representatives. So specifically, it doesn't ban certain words, but it says that here are the codes that need to change. So the term seaman will now be replaced with seafarers. Chairman will become chair. Terms for familiar relationships such as mother, father, daughter, son, and sister and brother will be swapped with terms such as parent, child, sibling. Phrases such as submit his or her resignation will be replaced with resign. Phrases he or she uh, replaced with such member, delegate, or resident commissioner. So you can tell they really, really are taking out all the he's and hers and himself's. And... It was super interesting to me to hear Nancy Pelosi as she was announcing this new sweeping, groundbreaking resolution. Mm-hmm. She started it out by saying, as, as a woman, and as a mother, <laughs> and as a grandmother, I am very pleased to tell you that we're taking away all this language. <laughs> and you're just left with, wait, this is inconsistent. But I don't <laughs> you, want to call myself yeah, that. Yeah. In, in yeah. And I mean, we can laugh at how ridiculous that is because it's really, it's really it absurd. make a whole lot um, of sense. <laughs> but there's a lot of people who are just letting this go by. Even Christians who are just like, oh, hey, if that's the way the person mm-hmm. thinks about themselves. We need to just support that and encourage them any way we can. And basically, these Christians are not really thinking about truth. So why does this actually matter? Well, I'm going to give you three reasons. And the first reason is the family is under attack. And this is pretty basic. I'm I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this specific one, but our enemy, Satan, hates the family. And he has been fighting for its destruction from the very beginning. And right now you're especially seeing, not just in America, but really around the globe, there is an attack on the nuclear family specifically. Right. Um, there are people, in, and the secret is out. They're, they're saying the quiet part out loud now, like we right. want to destroy the nuclear right. family. I actually had a conversation just the other day with a friend of mine at a coffee shop, and his family escaped from the Nazi regime who was persecuting his family. He's, he's Jewish, and, and mm-hmm. they, they made it over to America. Mm-hmm. And he knows he knows his history. He, he sees where suppression, mm-hmm. all these things are coming from. And, mm-hmm. and he was talking about how he has more than one Christian friend who are saying that um, the nuclear family is a product of white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like the patriarchy. The yeah, of yeah. The patriarchy. So we have we have this whole narrative that is really trying to erase history, reconstruct history mm-hmm. into something that's not even not even true. BLM is committed to the destruction of the nuclear family. Mm-hmm. And I would say when you hear all these, you know, gender language has to be has to be nullified. Like mm-hmm. that is just a product of confusion and breaking down the structure that God has ordained from the very beginning in the book of Genesis. There's a whole agenda there. You know, it's a whole far-reaching thing. And I think if we just take everything even just at a surface level, we're we're missing it. 
You know, mm-hmm. we have to dig a little deeper at this point. And Absolutely. it's really important to do that on, on everything right now. Absolutely. So there's a guy that I like to uh, I like to listen to. I follow his his videos. He's he's one of those YouTube guys. He, he's a, he's just a media content creator. I don't believe he is a believer from from everything I can tell. He's more of a spiritual guy. His name is JP, and he has this channel called Awaken with JP. And I thought it was very interesting. He he made a video just a week ago where he was kind of talking about all the stuff in the headlines, and he was doing it from a satirical approach. He was basically pretending to be the newscaster. Was it J.P. Sears? Yeah, J.P. Oh, Sears. funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he can be very funny. He's he a be comedian. A little crass at times, but he's he's a hilarious comedian. So he has this satirical line, and I actually, I just wrote it down. I copied it verbatim. Um, think of this as, okay, this is the news being broadcast to you, and you're supposed to be you know, <laughs> the sheep. In a progressive step to help dissolve the loving fabric of families that is so troubling, it's also a much-needed and powerful step towards censoring God. He's, he's talking about <laughs> right. this, this gendered language that they, that they banned. Um, as God has used gendered terms like man and woman in the Bible <laughs> repeatedly. I really shouldn't have <laughs> man. With the Admiral left leadership in our country, we can look forward to the evil word of God being progressively eroded away in exchange for the all-loving, omnipresent word of the government, (laughs) which seems to be more trustworthy than God. Now, obviously, that's that's blasphemy, but if you really peel back the layers of what is being shoved in our face, that is, in reality, what Mm. the message is out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I have to say... Why is this going on? The family's under attack. The long play is they want to destroy the family. They want to confuse people. And the Bible is under attack. Um, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's pretty ironic that even an unbeliever comedian can mm-hmm. see that, that. And, and point that out. So right. if an unbelieving comedian can see that, I think Christians should be able to be aware Right. That that's what's going because on. Because Christians get a bad rap sometimes for like looking for persecution under every rock. You know right. what I'm saying? It's like, oh, well, you think you're persecuted because you have to wear a mask or something. You know? Right. And it's like, no, there is real, there's real trickle down. And you can see where this is things. going. Yeah, you can see where this is going. Well, if you can't use this kind of language, well, the Bible uses that language mm-hmm. all the time. The Bible has this. So, oh, yeah, the Bible's antiquated. I mean, they've already, mm-hmm. they've already been saying that for a long time. But it's just a way they could eventually turn the Bible into quote unquote hate speech with the direction that they're going. So it is a rejection of God's authority. Those are really the three reasons. Family's under attack, the Bible's under attack, and it's a rejection of God's authority. So I just want to go into this a little bit, like maybe elaborate on a few of these points. Has God's has God changed? We know the answer. We would say, of course not. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right. Um, when he made the world, he made it right and um, I was listening to another pastor speak about this. He was actually talking about sexuality in general and how it's always been bad. Mark Driscoll, Pastor Mark Driscoll is his name. And he had some really good points about this. And I just jotted down some notes. I'm going to share, share some of those. Um, he said, I don't believe in evolution. I believe in devolution. God made everything perfect. And... We have been going down ever since. Mm-hmm. I don't believe God made everything bad 
and we are fixing his problems. Mm-hmm. Isn't that good though? Like, I mean, yeah. it's it's just straightforward and simple, but that's that's the truth. Like, things are eroding and they are mm-hmm. getting worse. I mean, you see that in the natural law of entropy. You see right. that overall in the country, but our world tells us the ex- exact opposite. We're progressing. We're going to, you know, mm-hmm. now we understand that sexuality is more an open thing. And yeah, gender is more fluid. Because, We're deconstructing every single thing. <laughs> right. So the world is going down that path of destruction. Mm-hmm. Christians need to understand where that's coming from. It's coming from our enemy, Satan. And we want you to know the truth. So, so just some objections that you're going to hear out there in the world and just some ways that you can... Um, respond and lovingly react to those objections. You may hear say people say, "Well, because God is loving, he he must want us to be tolerant. We we should be tolerant because we want to show love, and God is love." And and Christians are getting these terms that you see in the Bible. Then the world kind of redefines the term slightly, mm-hmm. and it's tripping up even Christians. So, mm-hmm. just to talk about tolerance and love for a second, the world has taken love and tolerance and made them into synonyms. You know, this mm-hmm. is a very big very big aspect of the whole gender problem. Mm-hmm. They, they've made love and tolerance into synonyms, and in reality, they are antonyms. The Bible rarely refers to tolerance, and the few times that it does, it's always God rebuking his people for tolerating sexual sin. Mm-hmm. The counterfeit of repentance is tolerance. So the Bible says, you are wrong, and you need to change. You know, apart from God, you're a sinner. You have to be corrected, and the only way that you can actually get a new, a new life and a new spirit is through radical heart transformation that only comes through Jesus Christ. And there's freedom in that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bible says you're wrong. You need to change. Tolerance says you're not wrong, and you're fine. Just accept me. <laughs> you can't be a Christian without repentance, and tolerance is the neutralizer of repentance. Mm-hmm. The truth is God loves you so much that he will take you as you are, but he loves you too much to leave you as you are. Mm-hmm. And Jesus Christ comes to change you and restore you and redeem you, and as God works through the Holy Spirit to transform even and renew even your mind, you're you're constantly repenting and becoming more like Christ in the pro- process of progressive sanctification. Mm-hmm. So love does something for someone that tolerance cannot. It changes them to be the best version of themselves because we're fulfilling our full potential to bring glory to God. Right. And I think if you really step back and think about tolerance, intolerance, this whole issue for a minute, nobody, nobody out there will, will, will say that all intolerance is wrong. Mm-hmm. Just, just think, you know, you can't smoke in a hospital, right? That's not tolerated. Now, smokers will find that intolerant because mm-hmm. they want to they smoke mm-hmm. in a hospital. Um, you, you don't let, uh, this is another thing Mark Driscoll said, you, you're not going to just have convicted mm-hmm. sex offenders be kindergarten teachers mm-hmm. <laughs> you know nobody's going to tolerate that well okay so you believe in a little mm-hmm. intolerance too it's just where are you going to draw the lines mm-hmm. we all agree that some intolerance is necessary and good and what has happened is the dictionary definition of tolerance has changed tolerance used to be i think you're wrong but i'm going to just let you do what you think now mm-hmm. tolerance is if you think i'm wrong then you are wrong, mm-hmm. and you can't love me unless you celebrate me and accept everything that I believe to be true. So if you step back and think about that, who's the, 
who's the tolerant person mm-hmm. and who's the intolerant person in that situation. It reminds me of a book I once read called The Intolerance of Tolerance. But that's really and where we're at. Is. That's where we're at. It's become yeah. that. Yeah. It hasn't become freedom. It's become a chain of you have to conform to this one thing. And really, it is a, it is a morality code. It's, it's yeah. not what we see in the Bible as moral, but yeah. it is actually, in essence, a religion and a yeah. morality. Good it's point. just different. It's true. Yeah, it's like unless I march in your parade and use your hashtag, you know, unless you do that, you're an intolerant person. And mm-hmm. and the question that that we have to like leave them with is, well, if you're so secure in your beliefs that you you have to force my approval, mm-hmm. then maybe you should like reconsider if your beliefs mm-hmm. are actually that correct. So Genesis one and two, if you think about, let's go all the way back to Genesis. What, what are the big themes that we learn in Genesis 1 and 2? Well, obviously creation. Then you have male and female. Mm-hmm. Then you have marriage. And then in chapter 3, you get Satan and you get deception, mm-hmm. right? You know, the fall. But everything pre-fall shows us how it's supposed to be. We mm-hmm. have male, female, one man, one woman. We have marriage. We have God instituting that. And, you know... If we get rid of what we see pre-fall in Genesis 1 and 2, we have no baseline, no, no baseline for normalcy. So we can't disagree with the Bible where the Bible draws the moral lines. You're going to have to draw a line somewhere. You're going to have to be intolerant, intolerant somewhere. Everybody's going to have those lines. The Bible tells us where to get that. You see what's going on out there, how homosexuality has been normalized. Um, you're already starting to hear people... Um, the next push is child pornography is okay. And oh, that, that's, that's our that's already, already on the docket. Like the next thing is going to be polygamy. You're already, you know, gender is already massively under, under attack. So I say all this not to be doom and gloom and to paint such a negative, nasty picture of the world. Because the world's always been corrupt like this. Mm-hmm. But I say this to let you know as as the church – that we are living in a dark world and everything that we've heard our whole lives that, yeah, things are going to get worse. Judgment is coming. Like, those things may very well be happening right now. Now, revival could happen because it's been dark before, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's There's been a whole over 2,000 years of history um, between when Jesus was here and, and right now, the present day, and there were some very darker days out there. And by God's grace and his mercy, he... He extended it, and he he ushered in revival through his people. So I don't want you to just bunker down and think, all right, end of the world, here we go. Um, (laughs) No, stand for the truth. Lovingly stand up for what you know the Bible teaches. There's another popular phrase out there right now, like, be on the right side of history. Well, I I can tell you what, like, (laughs) history... The world's history is constantly like yeah. tweaking it, changing it here or there. But mm-hmm. but what's the right side of history? It's truth. Because <laughs> truth always <laughs> rises back. Yeah, Jesus right. Christ. Mm-hmm. Like it always does. So you're not gonna you're not gonna regret the fact that you boldly stood for what God taught to be true. Mm-hmm. I think of Daniel when he was taken captive by the Babylonian Empire. There's a very high likelihood. Um, that he was castrated. The, the Bible doesn't specifically say that, but if you look at it, 
you know, he was under the master, that was a the chief, practice. the chief eunuch. Yeah, it was it was what they did to all of the people that they they were enslaving and they were capturing for for multitude of reasons. But Babylon was an incredibly immoral, sexually immoral society, and chances are Daniel and his friends, if it wasn't if it wasn't Daniel for sure, at least most of the people around him were given a gender reassignment surgery. You know, they they were trying mm-hmm. to turn him from a male to a non-male. Um, that was the culture that he lived in, and they sought as as a as a nation to change his identity. They gave him a new name, even. Mm-hmm. But Daniel knew what was true. He remembered his God, and he and he didn't back down. He didn't he didn't cave. And through the power that the Lord provided, he was an incredibly strong, bright light in a very very dark place. Long after the Babylonian Empire um, has fallen, we we still have that same demonic spirit in the world. It, it's even talked about in Revelation. You even see it in, in First Peter. And First Peter talks about he calls the Roman Empire Babylon in in his letter. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Revelation, you see that it's that it's that spirit of Babylon, which is sexual perversion, comes to full fruition. In the very last days, mm. they want to make sex into a religion that overtakes God, like kind of mm. like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And just like Daniel, if you hold on to the truth, the world can go mad, but it still won't change the truth. Mm. So, don't just try to change people and 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 uh, and fix people and just fix all the moral problems. Mm-hmm. Give them Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And show them how they can repent, mm-hmm. and Jesus will change their heart, and that will bring revival. I was thinking, you know, the, the the one item that you could almost even add to that was like, as much as we can argue that, hey, you know, gender doesn't matter, we're all the same, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at the, what the Bible defines these kind of gender identities as sin, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. sin leads to death. Yeah. So if yeah. you're gonna, if you want to inherit eternal life, what? God's the only one that can make that happen. So mm-hmm. we've got to stick to his way of doing it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Hello, Doxa Dialogue listeners. Or should I call you Doxa Dialoguers? This is Amanda here. I hope you're enjoying this conversation so far. We're going to do something a little different with this episode and break it up into two parts. Becca and Steve have a lot more to say around the table on this important topic, so please give us a review and share this episode with a friend. Part two will be released soon, and we would love to engage with you over our Instagram account, doxa underscore dialogue. Have a great week. You are left.